This podcast replay is brought to you by Top Gun Indoor Range, the only indoor public archery range in Dade County. They also have a state-of-the-art gun range with the latest in indoor air quality with 18 lanes up to 25 yards, making them the largest indoor range in Dade County. TopGunIndoorRange.com. Costa Nostra. Um, great effort. Yes, uh, I agree, Joseph. Great effort yesterday from the Jimmy Butler less heat. Fell short, though. Yeah, well, that's because you don't have a star on the team. You know, you could tell me all you want about Bam Adebayo, but Bam Adebayo. Are we done with that already? Are we done with that? Like, are, are, am I not going to get those people anymore telling me he's a franchise player and he's a superstar? Because, you know, I've been telling people for a long time now, he's a very good player. Very good player. He's not a star. And how many times does he have to prove it over and over and over and over again? And this is why they've had a great run and they don't get over the hump because there's not another star next to Jimmy. So if he takes a night off, there's not another star that can step up and become the guy. And, you know, that's the, that's the sad part about it. I remember back in 2017, people calling for Spo to get fired when they went 11 and 30. Yeah, it's just... But you won't hear any of them come out out of the woodwork because, you know, it, it looks pretty bad that you want to fire the greatest coach in, in, the, in the Heat history, you know. Hopefully, Spo sticks to playing bigger. I think that was a difference last night. No small ball. Well, you are right in general, but the fact that they can shoot past the ball, the chemistry, <laughs> that's what I love. I don't know about you, but what I loved is the flow. Like, I hate to say this because it pains me, bro, but you have to give them credit. That fourth run by the big three when they got smoked by San Antonio, that might be some of the prettiest basketball I have ever seen in my life being played. And last night, that's kind of what I felt about the heat. I was like, man, this is just a beautiful style of basketball. So they went big, but they also went big with intelligence. You know, it's, it's, um, let me show you. Where are we at here? I shall show you. Okay. Let me explain, Lucy. So they beat him 123.97 last night, right? Here we go. Robinson, five assists. Jovich, three assists. Caleb Martin, two assists. Bam Adebayo, 11 assists. Tyler Hero, five assists. Kevin Love, three assists. Williams, I'm, I'm seeing Jaquez off the bench, four assists. Okay? They had 34 assists yesterday. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I love. This is not a group that is constantly playing together. But but you know what? There might be practicing a lot because some of these guys probably take practices off too. We probably don't see how many practices Jimmy Butler doesn't play in. But that was beautiful, dude. I, I, that's what I loved about yesterday is the style of the basketball. Yeah, they were long, but they were smart. They were beautiful. They were intelligent, man. They knew exactly where everybody was. It, it was It was just awesome. And they constantly had each other's backs, too. Really like what I saw yesterday. 
This podcast replay is brought to you by Top Gun Indoor Range, where the ladies can find self-defense classes and basic pistol concealed weapons courses available in both English and Spanish classes. Easy to get to just off the turnpike. Go to TopGunIndoorRange.com. By the way, how many of you have crossed over finally with me? Super role player. You know, I, you, you, you can't keep thinking Bam is a franchise superstar. They may pay him like that, but he's not. He's a very important player. Very good player. He's a super role player. He's not a superstar. He's not a franchise game-changing player. He's a super support player. He can help you in all the other ways. But he doesn't have what you know, what Ira was talking about with Bam. Well, like he played in December that I was like, whoa, is this uh, the new Bam? And, you know, he went back to being Bam. And that's just not the case, unfortunately, for this team. This team, th th this is not going to help them and put them over the top. And this is why they've had great runs. But because Jimmy doesn't have that other SOB next to him, Bam doesn't have any SOB in him. He's such a great human being. He just doesn't. You know, Alonzo Mourning was a good dude, but a son of a bitch. Like, he played with an edge, dude. I dealt with his ass every day. And he was awesome. But there were moments that the dude was moody. Zoe can be moody. Tim Hardaway could be moody. Terrific dudes. But they had an edge to them. They had they expected something. They wanted the ball. They needed the ball at the end of the game. And if they missed, you didn't want to be within 30 feet of those people. And losses we did not look forward to, you know, huddling around Alonzo Mourning. That wasn't fucking fun. It's not fun talking to Tim Hardaway about losing. It's not fun watching or talking to Jason Taylor about losing or Zach Thomas. These kind of people, it, it, it fuels them, dude. It, it gives them rage. They want revenge. They feel like Graciela, which I started watching. Very overrated. Entertaining. Not great. Just entertaining. If you want to be entertained, watch it. But anyway, you know, just vindictive. You know, just people like, like if, if, if the season ended that way, they probably carried it throughout the entire offseason. Bam's not that, that that dude, bro. Bam's not that dude. James Posey would have been right in Jalen Brown's face for doing that to Duncan Robinson. In fact, Jalen Brown would not have done that to James Posey or to Keith Askins or to certain Heat players because he would have gotten punched in the mouth by Udonis Haslam. You know, there are certain guys that, that we've had here on this team for years that just aren't going to take your shit. P.J. Brown is not going to take your shit. So the characteristics of the Miami Heat have changed. And unfortunately, 
they have not done a good job uh, of finding their their player anymore. I think Jaquez is their kind of player. I do. I think he has SOB in him. I think it will develop with time. You know, because he's got it, you know, he's got other people, bigger names in front of him. He's got a kind there's a pecking order and all that. And the next couple of years, as the team evolves and he climbs the pecking order, I think he's got a little some bitch in him. That's what I see with that guy. But there's not enough. There's just not enough on the Miami Heat. There aren't enough sons of bitches. That's the problem. That is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. This podcast replay is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Check out the retail store in Miami Gardens at 5150 Northwest 167th Street. Plenty of cigar gear and a relaxing lounge. This is the Perdomo way. We'll talk about the heat. The problems are mounting in a big time way. And because you didn't take the season seriously like you never do under Jimmy Butler, and I know Jimmy has some personal issues right now, and it has nothing to do with it. I'm just saying, prior to this, your lackadaisical ways have created the environment you're in. And so now when you have this kind of adversity and you're sitting there at the eighth spot, it gets worse because you didn't take care of business. Unlike the Panthers, who actually are true professionals, they take the game seriously. There is no, you know, uh, game management bullshit. There's none of this crap. And they play a much more physical game than the NBA ever will. Okay? The NBA needs to play a 200-game season to equal what hockey does in 82. All right? And there is no load management in hockey. So the heat problems are mounting big time. And, you know, this is, there There are, you have sold your soul, Miami Heat. What you used to profess, what you used to be, you are no longer. And that is something that needs to be talked about. You're no longer the hardest working team. You have not been the hardest working team in a few years now. The hardest working team works hard all the time. That's the Panthers, by the way. Of the winter teams, our hardest working team is no longer the Miami Heat. And that's been the case for a while now. So you sold your soul to Jimmy Butler, and it's been a great run. And maybe we'll have another great run again. But you have also erased your identity. And we'll talk to Ira Winderman about that. Because your identity was that you were the, you know, best in shape team, the hardest working team, all that does not exist anymore. You were the best defensive team out there, or one of them constantly. You're no longer that anymore. And as you saw the Jalen Brown and Duncan Robinson incident, you are no longer the tough team that you used to be also, okay? So there's a lot of um, characteristics of the Miami Heat that are disappearing. And I know it's part of today's game, 
but it was part of the game to a certain extent 5, 10, 15, and 20 years ago. You always had your teams that didn't work hard, but it wasn't the Heat. You always had other teams that weren't tough, wasn't the Heat. You had other teams that would take shit, wasn't the Heat. So I'm just saying, you know, things are changing. Things have changed. Players have changed. And so has the Heat organization. It no longer mirrors that organization that, that Riley developed and that Spo picked up for several years. Now, lately, it has changed because of the soul searching that you've been doing. And I don't know who, you know, we got to blame it on Riley, right? I mean, because we have to credit Riley for all the success. We're going to have to blame Riley for any of the shortcomings, correct? We have to be fair here. So you sold your soul to certain players that can't play defense, which is not the heat way. You sold your soul to have a superstar that isn't working harder than everybody else. I'm not used to that. I'm used to Dwayne Wade falling, you know, seven times, getting up eight. I'm used to Alonzo Mourning with the scowl and those elbows and never say die attitude. That is what I grew up watching. And while the Jimmy Butler personal issue is tragic, it is horrible that he has to go through it and our prayers are for him and his family it sucks that to watch terry go through his injury the good thing is it's not as serious uh the jay rich dislocation just this is all bad luck okay it's all bad luck but setting aside the bad luck where you're at you're 28 and 25 why are you 28 and 25 because you didn't give a shit about the regular season. And so now you have no room for error. And so when things happen, and shit will happen, as you've watched, I'm sorry, uh, Sean, did Barkov not go, did he just not go through like a month or two without scoring a damn goal or something like that? Did the Panthers lose all the time? No, no, they, they kept winning, right? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So their superstar doesn't even score goals, and they continue to win. I wonder why. Maybe some guy named Reinhardt or something. I don't know. Some guy named Kachuk or something. I have no idea. Is there a Lamborghini in the house? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on here. I'm not exactly sure. It's not like I watch the Panthers, right? I mean, you know, it's like you watch the Panthers and you watch the Heat and you're like, the Panthers took from the Heat what the Heat used to do and now they're blueprinting it and now they're doing it now every year and the Heat is going backwards. They're no longer that team that, you know, we we idolize and respected because of the way, you know, the Shula teams. It's kind of, there, there are certain coaches, Larinaga, you know, there are certain coaches, Riley, there are certain coaches that you, you, you knew what you were getting and you knew what the player, they make a mistake or two, of course, because everybody's human, but more often than not, your team was going to make less mistakes. Your team was going to outwork the other one. Your team was going to be more physical than the other one. Your team wasn't going to take shit from other people. 
It's not the heat anymore. This podcast replay is brought to you by Top Gun Indoor Range, where the ladies can find self-defense classes and basic pistol concealed weapons courses available in both English and Spanish classes. Easy to get to just off the turnpike. Go to TopGunIndoorRange.com. But I also want to talk a little bit, you know, mentioning the heat. We, uh, we gave a ton of praise last year to Duncan Robinson. We were very critical of Duncan Robinson two and three years ago that he was a very limited player. If he couldn't shoot, he really wasn't facilitating. He wasn't rebounding. He wasn't defending. Uh, he really couldn't attack the rim. He couldn't put the ball in the court. None of that. And to his credit, and to, and to of course, Eric Spolster's credit, who apparently ran his ass into the ground to become a better player and challenged him, and to Duncan's credit, he understood he had to become a better player, and he did it last year. He started showing signs towards the end of the season before, but really showed it last year. Unlike Bam Adebayo, who's never broken through to become like a franchise player and be able to like enforce himself offensively, uh, Duncan has, and he has become a more complete player last night. 23 points, 13 rebounds. I'm sorry, 20 points, four assists last night, five of seven from three-point range. You see him rebounding. You see him constantly getting assists. He is, I mean, what was it the night before? With, uh, doo -doo -doo -doo, where was that? Uh, 23 points, three rebounds, five assists, two steals, a block. These are things that just was not in his repertoire. And you got to remember where Duncan came from. From nothing. The Heat saw something there, and then they've polished up this diamond to compete. It wasn't just, okay, we'll make you a shooter. No, now you've got more than Jason Capono. No, no, you can do a lot more than Jason Capono. And sure enough, he's helping you in rebounding. He's setting people up. He's picking up a steal or two. He's getting a block every once in a while. You know, this is, this is something that it reminds me a lot of another Miami Heat player. Yeah. This reminds me a lot. Who do you think it reminds me of? And he may become the second of it in this franchise's history. We may just have picked up another Udonis Haslam. You ever thought of that? He just continues to get better and better as a player, an all-around player. I, again, do not confuse. I'm not comparing the players. I'm comparing the origins, both undrafted, both unpolished. Udonis was overweight, out of shape, wasn't really the player that you, you ended up seeing, and, and he got better as a Heat player, and he became a guy you can count on, a clutch mid-range shooter, a hell of a defender, a fearless defender. He helped you in many ways. Duncan is superior to UD when it comes to offense and shooting, right? You know what I'm saying? He plays without the ball better than UD and those kind of things. UD will have a better post game, obviously a better interior player because he's bigger and tougher and all that. But my point is, these are two players they've picked up out of nothing. Complete coal. And you polish them both up to be diamonds. And... The pace now that Duncan is on, he's only pacing to get better as a player. And that becomes just an absolute steal. 
you, you do realize you could be retiring Duncan's number. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, it's crazy. What, what if Duncan starts doing this for 10 more seasons or eight more seasons? You know, he's going to become one of those beloved players because you've had him from the beginning to the end. You know, the things the Marlins can't ever do? You ever, you know, those kind of things? So this is amazing that you get to have him from infancy all the way through possibly retirement because he fits exactly what you need. And to his credit, two years ago, <laughs> he, he was going to be part of a trade somewhere. You were like, oh, man, we got to unload a first-rounder to unload Duncan. That's what we were talking about. That's how bad it was. Nobody's going to want that contract. You're going to have to give up a first-rounder to get rid of Duncan. Now you will have teams lined up to give you a pick or two for Duncan now. But if I'm the Heat, I would never let go of, of, of Duncan Robinson because Duncan is kind of like UD, the guy that won't turn into a superstar but can turn into a franchise-type player, not like the, 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 those normal. I'm talking about like, like those franchise players that are like really, really good and they're with you for a long, long time. You know what I'm saying? That they, they're part of your culture, you know, that kind of stuff. Because UD is not really a superstar. He's not really talent-wise where Timmy and Alonzo and Wade are. Forget it. And I know they put LeBron up there, too, and, and, and uh, Shaq. He's not there, right? And neither is Duncan. But the importance to your team, to have a guy like that forever, to have Nat Moore in your organization. Nat Moore is my favorite Dolphin receiver, but I'll tell you, he's not Paul Warfield, and he's not Nat Moore. I mean, he's not um, a Duper, and he's not Clayton. Okay, he's the next level under those guys. But you have to have Nat Moores on your franchise. You, you must have a Nat Moore on your franchise. You must have a Jim Jensen on your franchise. You know, you must have, and that's to a lesser extent. But I'm talking about those players, Troy Brown for the New England Patriots. Is he going to be considered Wes Welker? Never. But is he a guy that should be treasured by Patriot fans? F yeah, dude. F yeah. I, you definitely want that. What was the uh, was it Kelso, the special teamer for the Buffalo Bills? Who was like a killer special teams player for like, yeah, Mark Kelso, right? Like for 10, 12, 15 years or something. Was that, wasn't it Kelso? I think it was. One, one of those, you know, every, not every franchise, but franchises every once in a while end up with one of those guys. And it's one of those guys you want to keep around forever because they're just good for you, period. They're good for your team. They're good for your culture. They're good for your fan base, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I was thinking about Duncan Robinson, that he's on a pace that five years from now we may end up like you appreciate him now that you didn't appreciate him in two years ago because he didn't deserve that kind of appreciation. Now he does. And could he end up with UD-like appreciation five years from now? That's the interesting part. This podcast replay is brought to you by Cutter's Edge Total Landscape Solutions. With decades of experience here in South Florida, Cutter'sEdge.com provides fantastic results. Call 954-472-0622. Skylar Tipton, uh, how is it we seem better without Jimmy? Well, because you're playing like NBA basketball. So now what you have to do, Skylar, what, not me, what Spo has to do now the way the Miami Heat have played the last couple games here, it 
you know, you guys hear me all the time, right? The Heat are a two-point team in a three-point world, right? That's my saying for this team, constantly. Okay, have you seen a two-point team the last two nights? Okay. So we got to get back to this right here. So you've got to find a way where Jimmy acclimates to this. And he can because he can defend, he can facilitate, and he can play garbage basketball off these guys. Knowing that they're going to shoot, be there for the rebound, be there for the putback. Use your vice grip hands to put that bitch back because you're one of the best. In the NBA, inside the paint, you're one of the toughest, and you've got, I think, three of the the best pair of hands inside the paint. Once that dude clamps on the ball, it's over, dude. He drives through everything. It is impressive. So Jimmy Butler will have to become a player that plays off of these guys and feeds them. Kind of a garbage player in a way. Now, he has been shooting better threes, but I still don't want to necessarily, you know, there's a lot of other guys I'd rather shooting threes. You know what I mean? Jimmy once in a while, okay, but volume? No, no, no. We, we don't need volume shooting Jimmy. That's not productive. And he knows that. He knows that. He doesn't go crazy and starts taking eight threes and stuff. That's not his thing. So this will be interesting if you can continue these, these characteristics because this is today's NBA, and then Rogier can run with these guys. It should be not a problem, and, and, uh, and it shouldn't be a problem also for Josh Richardson to play off of them because he's not necessarily known as an offensive, you know, big-time weapon. But Jimmy's going to have to kind of play within that. And then maybe you have your, your, you know, because you've got your intimidator, your guy that really brings, you know, the, the defensive sauce to it. 